0: inside sources
1: inside
0: sources Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret news Boyd Matheson on KSL news radio 102.7 FM at the 1160 a.m welcome back everyone to inside sources here on KSL news radio it is great to be with you today I am Boyd Matheson opinion editor at the Deseret news and As always, uh, we are trying to help you divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots. And uh, we always want you to be part of that, and you can do that on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line five seven five zero zero five seven five zero zero. Uh, weigh in, give us your thoughts, and uh, help us elevate this conversation today. Give us some new insight on everything happening here in the Beehive State and across the country, especially in Washington D.C. We've been tracking a lot today, obviously about the Supreme Court, the hearings. I we can't even call them hearings anymore because nobody's listening. Uh, poor Amy Coney Barrett is sitting. For 220 minutes, uh, as each of the 22 senators gets their 10 minutes for opening statement. Uh, I think that's cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, hopefully, she'll get a chance to uh, take off her mask and answer some questions, make some statements coming up later this afternoon. We'll cover that all uh, live here on KSL News Radio. And as always, uh, this has turned into a very partisan thing. And so many people have been looking at two things. Uh, one, uh, the the Biden-Harris campaign uh, not rejecting the notion of packing the court and expanding it. Uh, And so that has uh, raised a a lot of ire and a lot of uh, heat on the Twitterverse. Uh, And so I wanted to bring in today our good friend James Walner. And uh, James wrote a piece uh, recently that actually took a uh, a counterpoint of view, not of expanding the court, but of actually reducing the court. So, James, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right. So give us uh, give us the essence of this thing. So you're saying rather than packing the court, what we actually ought to do is reduce the number of justices on the court from nine to eight.
1: It is a bit counterintuitive, but I think it helps to achieve something that uh, Senator Mike Lee, for your listeners there at Utah, was emphasizing uh, very much in his opening statement in the Barrett hearings this morning, which is each of the branches has a role that it under the Constitution. And for too long, I think, our Congress and our executive, our president, have been deferring more and more issues to the uh, Supreme Court. Some of those are very hot-button, very controversial issues um, that are typically decided in five-four rulings. And the prospect of a divided court, where you can't have a, a nationwide precedent would uh, mitigate, I think, a lot of those, uh, a lot of that, those outcomes, if you will, and it would help to push uh, controversial political issues back into the political realm where they ought to be decided. Oh, I,
0: I love the fact that uh, you're you're pointing out for us again how critical it is that the political stuff needs to be happening in the political realm. Uh, I was making the point earlier today. That the the reason these Supreme Court nominees have become so controversial and such lightning rods is because Congress continues to not do its job and abdicate authority over to the judicial or to the executive branch. Uh, I, I think what the Democrats are doing today with a hyper focus on the Amer, uh, the Affordable Care Act uh, is an indictment on the entire Senate as an institution who couldn't get it done. Uh, in terms of doing it the right way, in terms of legislation,
1: I think that's absolutely right. You would, if you just turned on the uh, turned on the television and you started watching, you would think you were watching a hearing on the Affordable Care Act. And the fact that we have senators litigating the future of a major public policy uh, by indir- indirectly in a in a confirmation hearing for a Supreme Court justice, I think illustrates how just broken this system is. And this is no way for a nation, uh, you know, a government of law is not men to make to make law. It's just this it doesn't work this way. I mean, it's, it's so, so dysfunctional.
0: Yeah. And I, I think the uh, I, I remember hearing uh, Justice Gorsuch uh, one time here uh, down at BYU. He spoke uh, and he was talking about how, you know, a nation of three hundred and twenty million uh, should not let nine people in black robes uh, make law or make those kinds of decisions. And uh, I, I think he was actually right on that.
1: Yes. And unfortunately, the court has a very important role to play under our Constitution, and we need it to play that role. But as Congress... Com- continually refuses to, to adjudicate the concerns of the American people, whether they be liberal or, or conservative, Democrat or Republican, as long as they refuse to adjudicate those concerns, we can expect these uh, Supreme Court hearings and confirmation processes to get more and more intense and more and more controversial. And I think ultimately the, the tragedy in all of this is that the court ultimately is going to lose the legitimacy that it currently has in the eyes of the American people, not for any fault of its own, but because our elected representatives can't do the job for which we elected them,
0: yeah, and that's the, the to me that's the the real tragedy of all of this. And is it an is it a signal or is it an indication uh, from the Democrats on the Judiciary Committee uh, the fact that they started these hearings and they already had their you know posters of people who had been negatively impacted you know healthcare wise or who would be devastated by changes to the American uh, Cares Act. Uh, Are they signaling there that they know there's just not going to be any change in terms of the process and the vote relating uh, to Justice Barrett? And so they're just going to try to exact some political uh, points from it to try to scare the American people into at least voting Democratic in November uh, to maybe give them the House and and the Senate? Is that is that what they're signaling
1: there? That certainly appears to be the case. But I think two points are important here. One, uh, Democrats continually attack Republicans and, and Republican nominees for, you know, especially Barrett, for their perceived position on uh, abortion and Roe v. Wade in saying that you have prejudged the outcome of this case. When in reality, what they're doing right now in the Judiciary Committee is the is the same thing. It's just the other side of the coin. They're saying, you know, unless you prejudge this case on Obamacare, you know, we can't vote for you which is the exact same thing so far as I can tell. And as far as the larger process goes, what's interesting to me is that no, senators seem to have forgotten a very elementary fact, which is debates are decided not at the beginning of a process, but at the end of a process. And Democrats appear to have de- you know, declared defeat in this, and Republicans have appeared to be- have declared victory. And I think both are premature. We have uh, you know, a process in front of us. The American people will have their opinions informed by what happens and senators can use the rules as leverage to help shape the opinions of the American people and potentially shape the outcome of the process.
0: Yeah, and it appears to me that, uh, as you said there, everyone's kind of locked in where they're going to be. Uh, Again, I don't think we're going to hear a whole lot of enlightening uh, things coming out of these hearings over the next couple of days as it uh, will continue to be pretty partisan uh, in terms of uh, people really trying to make their statements for their base or for their uh, fundraising efforts or their social media campaign uh, doesn't seem to be uh, really focused on the issue. And, the, of course, the issue uh, is what is her judicial temperament? Uh, what is her approach? Uh, because the, the interesting thing is that, that with the Democrats going so heavy on Obamacare as the central point of all of this, uh, they're actually saying, well, you, you'll be willing to do what conservative justice appointed by George W. Bush, John Roberts did, which was to rewrite a law in order to save it, which is – Exactly what they're all saying we shouldn't do.
1: <laughs> That's true. And it's also, interestingly enough, something that I believe all of the, most of the Republicans in the Senate don't want them to do, uh, do not want them to do. You know, the last time Obamacare was before the Supreme Court it was, uh, you know, King v. Burwell. and It was whether or not the subsidies should stay in place. And at the time, the Republican senators were debating how best to reinstate the subsidies after the court they expected struck them down. That always struck me as an odd thing, because why would a Republican Party that wants to repeal Obamacare save Obamacare after the court strikes down the subsidies? And I think that illustrates the the difficulty we saw in 2017 with the party on this issue. It can't repeal the law legislatively because it doesn't want to. And I think many of the people there would would not relish this law returning to Congress and they having to legislate on it if the court, in fact, strikes it down.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. Just fascinating stuff. Final question for you, James, before we let you go. Uh, so the other interesting thing to me as again, we look at how this is being framed. Uh, it seems to me that uh, Justice Barrett is going to have a fairly easy line to go down, especially as it relates to the Affordable Care Act, uh, in that her answer is is pretty straightforward in terms of, you know, my job is to listen to the case and then follow the law and the Constitution in interpreting it, not based on my own belief, but what on the law and the Constitution dictate. Uh, should she not just put that on uh, auto repeat and just keep saying that for this whole hearing?
1: That's, that's certainly what I would do if I were in her shoes and what I think most people expect judges and nominees to do. And that, I think, shows you the weakness of the Democratic strategy, which in a single sentence, um, Justice Barrett can neutralize this issue and and put it away. And Republicans aren't exactly jumping up and down to bring it back up themselves either. And I think that just shows you how, how much the Democrats have already accepted defeat in this and I think are really looking more towards the election. On november 3rd and, and while they may lose the seat they're trying to win these seats in the senate of the members who vote for her
0: yeah well great analysis as always james walner from uh, K. Uh, excuse me, k street r street <laughs> I, I would never put you on k street james just so you know i <laughs> uh, always appreciate your insight there and uh, we'll have you back in real soon as we break down the supreme court hearings thanks for joining us thanks for having me all right again that's james walner we'll go ahead and step aside for our final break When we come back, we're going to talk about Twitter for a minute, and we're going to talk about the lost art of nuance. Stay with us. We'll be
1: right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport.
0: There's desperation and anguish.
1: More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding.